Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your host, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Welcome to Inside the Firm with your host, Al Gore. I'm here with your co-host, Lance Psycho. Yeah, I am here. That is correct. <laughs> I thought uh, I had something earlier in the in the week that I was gonna. Uh, it was gonna be a lance, the something, blah blah blah. I oh, carpenter, gypcrete layer. That's me. Oh, um, something like that. You can call me Al, the gypcrete layer gore. Yeah, that's all right. Al's doing Al things. Just got done with gypcrete. It was great. They showed up. So they showed I- up. <laughs> End of statement. Oh. Let's talk about uh, s- s- supply and stuff like that. Put that in the in the show notes to talk about the supply. supply. Just put yep. supply down. Yep, I'm putting it down. Um, <clears throat> so I was there at seven because I needed to make some field adjustments to the framing, and uh, they dropped off their their sand at seven thirty. They didn't they didn't say they were going to be there till eight thirty, and the whole crew was there at seven forty five. Excuse me. And I was very impressed. They were done in two hours. It takes two hours to cure, radiant floor on its way. It's so. exciting, uh, but if if you're not to that stage where you're constructing something and you're designing something, and you want to learn Revit, RevitRocketShip.com, we train you how to learn Revit uh, so that you know how to do it. Keeping construction in mind, you have our template, our system that we've taught thousands of people. RevitRocketShip.com. Yeah, and uh, do you know Al? I don't know if you know this. I don't know if you can believe it. We only have. One quarter left. One business quarter left. 90 days in the longest year ever, but it's not too late to meet your goal of increasing your firm's productivity this year. That's right. Arcat has the tools any size firm needs to compete, whether it's using Arcat's powerful search engine to find product data, downloading high-quality specifications, getting the right BIM for your model, or using the patented spec wizard to configure a specification in minutes. Best of all, it's free to use and requires no registration. So check out arcat.com. That's A-R-C-A-T.com today. Last but not least, uh, go to uh, dell.com forward slash inside the firm. If you're buying a Dell product there, you can put in your email address, save an additional uh, percentage more than you'd get anywhere else. Uh, just for being an inside the firm listener, it helps support us. So we're helping support you. Dell.com forward slash inside the firm. Um, so before we go get into it, Lance, I have some news. So Lindsay, who co-hosts and uh, d- does episodes on our Monday morning podcast, good friend, friend of the show for a long time, friend of us for a long time. She will be on the panel for a virtual seminar uh, and it's coming up October 9th. So that's pretty soon. It's UK Construction Week. Um, so go there. Listen to that. Uh, this is called BIM Around the World. What's interesting about what they're doing in the UK is that, you know, their government mandated that all government projects be done in BIM. And now their private sector is falling suit, even the residential sector. Mm-hmm. So they're doing a lot of Revit, a lot of things like that. Um, go check it out. There's a bunch of people on that panel. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, October 9th, uh, 1400. If they're doing military time, that's 2 o'clock. But 
where at they might be doing world time there might be such a thing as world time anyways if you go to the link that i'll have on the show notes um or if you have any ability to google <laughs> uk construction week and find bim around the world i'm sure that you can find it if you if any of you were following me on linkedin i also shared that post so go check it out there cool you'll make it happen uh al tell us about al the arc al the contractor kicking kicking butt this week well we had a rough framing inspection a rough it was framing inspection rough so we had the inspector there for some uh some other items uh because the structural engineer did the rough framing inspection and he was upset that the structural engineer did it and just grumpy out of the gate just extremely upset with us and then we had the pipes lay down for radiant and he's like i don't want to walk over these you know what are these doing here? And I go, well, I thought we'd get them inspected before we cover them up because that'd be a huge hassle, you know, to do that. So, so he didn't say anything about that. But then, you know, he's like, we need to see this because people always miss squash blocks. They always miss uh, tie downs for the roof. They always miss anchor bolts. Um, so I'm going to have to look over this. So he looks over to where the squash blocks should be, you know, because you trace the loads and then goes down into the crawl space and they're all there because we're good builders. <laughs> then looks for all the hold downs, they're all there. All the anchor bolts are there. There could be one closer to the back door. So he go, He by the time he was done with his inspection, he totally turned and was now happy and now exciting. What was cool though was the structural engineer was coming over for another item and just happened to be there at the same time. And I think that honestly helped because it's harder to talk crap in front, you know, about anyone, an architect, a construction engineer when they're in there in the room, because they can probably refute you because they probably do know what they're talking about. Right. And they might actually know more than you. Who, who do you know? Who, you know, who, who, who you're up against too. So that coincidence I believe helped, but also just doing good, solid construction practices because I know that that building's framed. Well, I've been in the plenty of buildings that are framed terribly. Um, and, and we do a good job. So we, we flipped a building in, in, inspector to be on our side just by doing a, a, a good, thorough job. So well, was, here's, here's, I think the lesson is, and, and maybe it's a little bit of role play, but like pretend I'm the building inspector. Yes. Right? And oh, well, why is all this happening? Keep, he, he comes on site like that. Yeah. What, what do you, what's your reaction? Like how do you, how, what, what should, if you're a builder and you know, you have, you're building. You're you are a good builder. Yep. You have a good frame. You have a good, great framing crew, and that you, all your subs are doing the right thing, and, and you're ready for the inspection. Yeah. Uh, we even had one of my stepsons uh, clean up the site. Yep. So it was nice and clean for them. What do you do? What is the proper reaction to a grumpy building inspector? I've done both. Exactly. I've escalated. That got me nowhere. <laughs> that got me uh, pulling down all the insulation to relook at the framing. Um, and then I, I've gone to, oh, um, I totally understand. I see where you're coming from. Uh, let's let's look at all these items. And then and then we did. And then pointed, pointed even out where those common things that would be missed. So, hey, here are the columns. Should be squash blocks under all the columns. You know, just, just helping to be like, I understand. And then just like matter of fact, like, why is this like this? Just, just tell them, oh, this is like this. Just be open and honest. Yeah. Yep. I'm not saying it's always going to work out, but 
I think that's the. And it, here's one thing. Here's one thing I'd like to point out too is when you do these rough inspections. Actually, when you do any inspection, <clears throat> um, but when you get to these milestone inspections, and I would I would count rough inspection as a milestone inspection because if you're do, if you're doing it right, then you know they're going to look at all the guts of the building, all of the uh, before you cover it up, right? So when there's a milestone inspection, what I've found is that you should be mentally prepared for maybe there's one or two things that need cinching up and that's okay. And what you should be looking to do is you should say, Hey, no problem. We'll take care of that. I'll jump right on it. And would it be okay if I just take a photo of the solution and then send you an email? If you can get that kind of working relationship going with the building officials, that's where you want to be. One of the ones, so I just passed finals on a, so the barn dominium. I keep talking about that we're building in Boulder County in the middle of the County. And the thing that we missed was, and honestly, we just missed it. I was like, oh, shoot, we did miss that, was there was some fire caulking that we needed to add around the penetrations going through the fire, the, the two-hour firewall. That, that was exactly my approach, is I said, no problem. I'll jump right on it, and then we did. And then I'm telling you, you jumping right on it and sticking to that is not typical in construction. It is not typical f- for those the construction professionals at whatever scale they are higher or lower as far as their professionalism to 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 do is do that to literally stick to yeah we're going to take care of it i'll have it to you by five and literally have it done by five i i'm i'm convinced now after after doing enough building that we've been doing in the past couple of years that they don't deal with people that are prompt and stick mm-hmm. to their word it is a it is an issue with subcontractors particularly yeah saying our painter for instance good painter he does a he does a he, he does an excellent excellent job he didn't charge us any extra money for the barn dominium project clients are very happy owners are very happy but he said it was going to take two weeks took four weeks like the punctuality is is difficult yep so. same thing happened uh in the attic there was a receptacle outlet that was facing up um, and he said, well, put it because blown in insulation can't get on it. Yeah. Take it off, move it back, put it up, take a picture of it, put it in your files for final. So that we can see that it was done. Going to do it and be done with it. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Uh, but Al is kicking butt, man. He's going to maybe build this. If, if everything would have went exactly perfect, you would have built this in five months, but you still might. It's but, but everything would have to go. Great. And which maybe we can kind of, maybe we can, let, how about this? Instead of, we're going to skip ahead here then. Um, and I'll move my thing to the, to the end would be, how much do supplies come into play right now, Alex? Um, so. Fill us in on that because you've been seeing it too and I've been seeing it too. Like appliances, just so everybody knows, you can't get an appliance right now until January. Can't well, do it. New fridge, can't do it. Um, Kohler, bath, they're, they're running out of stock and they don't, and they shut down their plant. <laughs> Kohler? I thought you said Geldwin did. Geldwin did no, too. No, no. So Geldwin, um, which is Windows, they had to shut down their plant because smoke got in their system and they were filling the gaps of the window panes and there was smoke in them. So they had to shut down the plant, clean everything, make everything awesome and perfect again. Um, framing has gone up 25 to 50%. Roofing has gone up 25%. Uh, supplies are tight and it's everything from... COVID delays to fire delays, um, shipping, um, to still a lot of demand too. So man, if, if you're building now and you haven't 
locked in your stuff and you budgeted a couple months ago, you're in a tough situation. You are in a tough to you are in a tough situation. And I think what Alex was saying to me earlier was I'm not, I, I'm going to like, I need to have a higher contingency next time. I'm like, yep, I know. So just so everybody knows my rule of thumb has been 10% and I have been burning it up. Uh, simp- do you always have your unknowns? I think no matter what, if you have a contingency, you're going to be, you're going to burn up zero to, between zero and 5%. But now why it's so important to have that extra 5% in contingency in your budgets is because of these, the, these escalating prices it's just you have no control over it um at all like the lumber prices like alex is saying everything it's just it's just going up uh and i and it's not even inflation anymore it's literally a supply and demand issue yep so be aware of that stuff uh all right segment i wanted to talk about bring up is first of all i want to thank i want to thank any any pretentious designer architect (laughs) anybody I want to thank you. I want to thank you for having a bad attitude. Yeah, but we're not talking about Nick Renard. We're not a, talking about Nick Renard. I would Renard. not talk about a national treasure like that. Yes. I want to thank you for having for having that terrible attitude so that then people who don't have bad attitudes and are friendly and uh, doesn't doesn't think it's only their idea that that matters because people like us come in and we 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 take that work. We take that work because people seek us out because they know we are not those architects. So um, you got into a discussion on, online about this. And I just wanted to make it very, very clear about I'm not the only person that thinks about this. Right. So there's an Arc Daily uh, article that is it's the title is it's called Eight Annoying Things All Architects Do. It was published years ago. So it was published like August 21st, 2017. And so it lists out eight different things that I th- have seen forever in Can you architects. Go over them? Hmm? Can you go over Absolutely. them? Absolutely. So number one, every the architect thinks everything is architecture. Uh, yeah. Okay? Architects somehow find a way to connect everything to architecture. I used to do this. I know I know Alex used to, I know we like No, I hated it. Did you hate it? I hated it. You didn't in, do it? In, in college. In college? Because someone asked a professor where does architecture stop and where does it begin? He's like, actually it's goes everywhere oh like, i was like no nonsense. no no no, no, no. It's, it's nonsense not. it's not that's nonsense talk all right so alex didn't do it i i did though i bought into that uh they, so they truly believe that every problem our world faces today from climate change to the refugee crisis is a result of past architectural decisions that the architecture alone uh is the means to solve these problems they can't solve the debt however that is not they can't solve the well maybe you could the coronavirus and social distancing however that is not the most annoying part everyone's entitled people away if you get too close yeah <laughs> the thing that ruffles feathers is that architects will debate endlessly and won't rest until everyone agrees with them though i for the reason why it bugs me that kind of this kind of thinking and i think then if it bugs me and i'm an architect the general population also would agree that the world is not a revolve around you what a what a self-centric way to think, right? And isn't the purpose, one of our main purposes, to serve other people, right? So we can't serve other people if we're self-centric. So take that for what it's worth. Number two, the architect knows everything. If anybody follows me online, if they are my personal friend on Facebook, they'll be like, oh yeah, Lance, that's that's probably you. Yeah, ah, I yeah, think yeah, I'm right, right most right. of the time. <laughs> I do. <laughs> But I don't push that on my clients. That's the difference, right? I think I'm right about politics most of the time. That's where it comes down. But like when it comes to uh, when it comes down to the, my clients, like I'm not going to push. I'm not going to push my idea on them if they if I get some if I get enough pushback 
to where I know like, oh, I am not serving you. I'm not serving your initial thoughts and, and processes, right? Um, number three, what does the architect mean to say? So this one I'll expand a little bit upon uh, is from their article. If there were an award for communicating the simplest of ideas in the most convoluted way possible, an architect would win hands down. Architects have over time mastered, mastered the skill of injecting fancy sounding words, Arca speak, not the podcast. No, but it's funny because uh, Evan and them on uh, Twitter were asking, what are your favorite Arky speak words? You know, the most ridiculous ones. <laughs> Think fenestration, uh, patashi, or juxtaposition into regular conversation. What's patashi? I have no idea. Let me look it up. Pistachi. That's an interesting word. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A juxtaposition into regular conversation while enjoying the labyrinth sentence structures, much to the disgust of their friends and partners. Members of an architect's innermost circle also know better than to ask what words, uh, ask her what words like space, concept, or architecture mean, unless they want to bore themselves to death. So maybe drop all the Arca speak. Right, because think about how intimidating you probably sound to a potential client who has maybe never worked with an architect. That's another thing too. Like, how many people? How many people? How many of you are out there when you go to a sales meeting? Ask, have you ever worked with an architect before? Mm. Very critical. Very critical. Uh, number four, the architect likes his coffee with a hint of snobbery. Go. Oh. Architects have, through their days at architecture school, established a unique emotional relationship with coffee. They invariably have strong preferences either about the kind of beans used, the way the drink is brewed, or the mix, and they won't shy away from declining coffee. That isn't exactly how they like theirs. Number five, the architect can always do better. Architects are trained to strive for more. Their jurors told them something was missing even when their Designs were extraordinary. This manifests as obsessive perfectionism in everything that they set their minds to. Simple tasks such as picking out a New Year's card for their parents or selecting a font for their resume can take them hours. Architects are also overly critical of other people and can easily find a fault in everything. From the way you use your toothbrush to something as universally acclaimed as Adele's music. Adele isn't even relevant anymore. No. She's so good. Number six, the architect fangirls slash fanboys over famous architects like Al Gore. Yeah. The advent of social media platforms such as Instagram and Twitter have resulted in a slew of architects that have a fan following an architecture world similar to that of movie stars. Architects, especially younger ones, can be spotted in Bjark Engel's get-ups at costume parties quoting words from his speeches and saying things like, isn't he the cutest? Meanwhile, their non-architect friends who are dressed la as Katniss Everdeen or who is Katniss Everdeen? Or oh, Luke's the bow and arrow lady. Al knows, see? Pop culture Al. Yeah. Uh, are left bewildered as they speak through clenched teeth. I know he's your laptop screen shaver, but I have no idea who he is. And for the 20th time, I don't care. Number seven, the architect loves everything about the city. Al City ah. Gore, that's what I call him. <laughs> no, that's that's very very true. Um, not, not not me, but I, if you are coming out of architecture school for your first five years, it's all city, no suburbs. Yep. And Al is actually, if you listened to maybe four episodes ago, Al the country, Al the, Al the simple country architect, simple country architect. That's, that's exactly what he is now, right? Yep. And see how it, this Al the simple. Don't forget about that episode, Al the simple country architect. I can't remember which one it is, which number it is. But if you go listen to it again, what did Al the simple country architect do? He was not, he did not, he was not, he didn't look like a porcupine to the city. He was just a friendly little cuddly bear. 
and they wanted to work with him. Let's let's hug in the embrace of good architectural design. Yeah. Number eight, last one. The architect never sleeps. Uh, architects love to talk about how much sleep they've not gotten. And you know what? This that's this true. that's me. This is a, well, yeah, but you have babies. Alice babysitter doesn't sleep right now. Me, all my kids are. Uh, my youngest kid, child is eleven. I am sleeping like a freaking baby. Good for while you. Well, oh, a baby that's not TV. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, the my point about this, excuse me. This point is uh, <coughs> where I think this actually could hurt you with. Um, where it hurt, where where I've seen it hurt architects still as business owners is. What are you doing working all crazy hours of the night and then not ever having a nice clean cutoff of now it's my time. Now it's time for me and my family. Now it's time for me to recharge, right? I contend as I'm sitting in what I would consider a very uh, modern and potentially award-winning building that we designed, built, and developed uh, even though we worked, if you go back and listen to the episodes, like 80 day, I worked like 80 days in a row. That was a different circumstance. We didn't work like that doing the architecture. And so now, even now, like I have all my weekends are free. All, all, all the guys and gals that work for us, all their weekends are free and they can recharge and they can come back and they can do stuff. So if you uh, take this, take it for what it's worth, this, this segment, but I'm telling you, like those things that those eight things that we just went through. Yes. I think when you come out of school, I think even, you know, there's still people that are plenty out of school. Those three things, those eight things are real. And I don't think they help you as a business owner. I do not think that the general public is racing to architects to be, to have to deal with those eight points. That's what I got. All right. That, um, is, is that all, all you got? That's all I got. There's no there's no Nick from Nick Reads. I don't know what he's doing with his life. Oh, I know what it is. Yelling at clients. Well, <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's a great architect, but I will still make fun of him. <laughs> he is, if you listen to last week's episode, probably out there doing maskless living in oh. Florida because they are opened up. Nick in the wild. Nick See if you wild. can spot if you can spot a Renard in the wild, take a picture of him. Send it to him. Yeah. Us. So with that, we're gonna bring down the crew for A R E. Jeopardy. All right, we're back. And a special announcement. Just want to give a shout out to, to Mark Pedler, whoop, 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 whoop. who passed his last uh, architectural exam test two days ago. Was it two days ago or yesterday? Two days ago. He is now graduated then. In addition to soon to be a licensed architect, he will be the tiebreaker question. Every single time on, on the podcast. Okay, number one. What is the pressure in pounds per square inch that wastewater lines are tested at during rough inspections? A, 4 PSI. B, 5 PSI. C, 7.5 PSI. D, 10 PSI. What do we have? Here we go. We've got B. Tyler's writing. B, C. The correct answer is B. 5 PSI. Number two, what is the pressure in pounds per square inch that gas lines are tested at during rough inspections? A, 4 PSI. B, 5 PSI. C, 7.5 PSI. D, 10 PSI. If you get the wrong answer, you blow somebody up. Whoa. <laughs> Don't do that. Uh, A, we have first answer is B. D. And B, the correct answer is D. 
10 PSI. Double. Al Gore. Double. It's a way to remember it. Five and 10. What site elements can be attributed to the microclimate of a site? So what elements? A, plants. B, water. C, wind. D, ground surface coverage. Or E, all of the above. Pretty quiet. Pretty quiet, Al. All right. We have E, which is all of the above, or um, you said C, which was wind. I didn't write these, but I'm going to say E, all of the Correct above. answer is E. Yep. So all the plants, the water, the wind, and the ground surface coverage all uh, attributed microclimate. You could have pavement versus concrete versus, you know, different things that make it hotter or colder. Question four. What building spaces are sometimes allowed to fall outside of zoning height restriction? Okay, what spaces can fall outside zoning height restrictions? A, penthouses. B, fan rooms. C, storage rooms. D, A and B. E, all of the above. I really like that. Mark, did you get questions like that? Where you got either those two or all the above, or you could pick one. All right, he said that. Uh, D is A and B. Uh, e is all of the above. What do we got? We got D, D and storage. Um, correct answer is D. The correct answer is D. Yep. A and B. A and B. Look at that. Okay, how many? Three. 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 So we have a tiebreaker. Mark, Mark Miller, come on, come on down. Woo! Tiebreaker. So Mark will read it. The first person to write the correct answer and show it to me will win. Mark, go ahead. Ready? Okay, yeah, get up close. Okay. What letter designation of copper pipe has the thickest walls and is used in underground supply? C, incorrect. So before you can go again, you the other two get to guess. It could be, a, it's a letter. So it's one of 27. What? Oh. Okay. If they go two back and forth, and if you knew it, e. nope, not E, not A. Someone guess. F. Nope. B. U. Nope. X. Nope. W. R. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, can you give them a hint? No, no, no. Uh, okay. Okay. There are. It's it's okay. between four types. Yeah, four types. So which of these four types? So read the four different letters, and then it's the first to hold it up. Besides Re Re Rebecca, there's type K, type L, type M. And D W V. K is correct. K is correct. Type K. K is correct. Who won? There we go. Jason. Jason won. And he won because he took our course, RevitRocketship.com. Has nothing to do with these questions, but it makes you smarter naturally. Absolutely. Go to RevitRocketship.com. There you go. All right, that's all we got. See you next week.